Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lionface Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we finally finish our discussion of the King Henry VI trilogy with going into deeper themes of King Henry VI Part 3. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show! So he finally, like, he's like, I'll just eat this tortilla. So I'm only gonna eat tortilla and applesauce. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Oh, no. I'm so upset that you're gonna eat a tortilla and applesauce. So he comes back to the table. Was he table. dipping the tortilla in the applesauce? No. So he comes back to the table, and he's fine. He's freaking pissed. And then all of a sudden so he starts freaking out. He's like, there's a bug on my cup. There's a bug on my cup! And then he's like in tears. So he was super sleepy. Yeah, he was like beyond repair. So... When does school end for him? There was... Next week. There was no bug on the cup. Same with Izzy. There was no bug on the cup. There was no bug found, no bug on the cup. Not a goddamn bug not in a, sight. Not a bug in sight. So we get him calmed down and figure out what to do and like... Dinner's over. I've got this. They bought me this, like, iron. You know the beads that you stick on little pegs and you can iron them? To yeah, the pearl beads. Yeah. Yeah. So they bought me that for Mother's Day of Wonder Woman. So I've got to sort 3,000 beads. To be and able like, to put the thing together, right? Like, nothing will calm a kid down like having something small and motor function to do mm-hmm. just over and over and over again. So I'm like, all right, Michael, you want to help me sort beads? And then his brother, his three-year-old brother's like, I want to do it too. And I'm like, no. <laughs> That's going to end up with 3,000 beads on the floor. So now the three-year-old is mad. And they're not going to be in the same place. Like, even the same general location. 3,000 beads. No. Every, every floor. So now the three-year-old is mad that the six-year-old gets to use the tweezers to help sort the beads. So eventually I'm like, oh, fuck. Hey, Chris is playing Monster Hunter. Do you want to go pick a monster for him to hunt? And so both boys go running. I'm like, all right, well, now mom needs to calm down by doing small. <laughs> I'm going to sort these fucking beads. I'm going to sort these beads. Oh, God. And then we go upstairs. They're fine getting ready. Like, they get their PJs on fine. But then James keeps having this problem where he believes that Michael has lied about brushing his teeth. <laughs> I'm like, no. I, like, Mommy saw Michael brush his teeth, honey. No, but, he didn't. No, he did not. He cheated. He cheated. He didn't brush his teeth. He cheated. He cheated. I'm like, cheated at what, what game are we playing? How did he cheat? Mommy saw him brush his teeth. No, I want to wait for Michael to brush his teeth. Michael already brushed his teeth. I'm not brushing my teeth until Michael brushes his teeth. It's already happened. <laughs> Michael needs to do it again. I'm like, we did, okay, we did this exact dance last night. I'm not playing this again. You so, know, you know how we won the kid. Kid is like screaming now in his room about his brother not brushing his teeth. That he's a liar. And Chris and I are just looking at each other like, um, I have to go drink. <laughs> and Bowling Green. Peace. I'm leaving. Peace. Peace. So I had to be like, when I left, Michael's in bed, raining himself, dog man. Chris is curled up in bed with James, who's now quiet. I think they were watching like a Lady Gaga music video. Who knows? <laughs> whatever soothes. Whatever, whatever soothes the savage beast. Whatever carnage needed to settle down. So you know what we we have done for the toothbrushing. Um, Hannah, I don't know how she found this, but it's magical and wonderful. Um, it is a toothbrush that lights up, and it says... Which part of the mouth brush? No, it says Thor lines. That's amazing. It says, it like, it's like, I am the lord of the toothbrush, and shit like that in a Thor voice, and like the lightning <laughs> tooth. And... We had a Ninja Turtle one for a while. Where but it, and it does Leonardo, it for two minutes. Leonardo would tell you for two minutes, like, all right, brush your upper left teeth. No, no, this is literally just, this is literally just Thor nonsense. At the end, Splinter would come on, do not forget to brush your tongue. I'm like, yes. No, this was, this is literally two minutes of Thor nonsense, but we we're like, Izzy, brush your teeth. Can I use the Thor toothbrush? No, 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 she'll just be like, she'll be quiet. Izzy, brush your teeth. 
I did. No, you didn't. Because I didn't hear. Because we can hear Thor in the bedroom when that toothbrush is going. And I'm like, no, you didn't. So Disney has an app that you can get that is a two-minute timer. And while you're while the two-minute timer is going, a toothbrush is going, so it's making the noise. I'm like, you need to be brushing hard enough that you make the same noise the toothbrush is making. And it uncovers a picture for them as they're brushing the teeth. It's a two-minute timer. And that way, like, they will sit there in there in the bathroom and brush their teeth for two minutes. So they can see the picture. So they can see the picture and they get the like they get the noise that it's supposed to make. It's mm-hmm. scrubby. Which is great. Until I got a new phone and all of the characters I had unlocked that they could choose from are now gone. Fucking Armageddon <laughs> They gotta unlock more toothbrush and Sunday. I know. Oh god, it's terrible. Now they can only choose from like Thor, BB-8, Elastigirl, and Dash. I mean, that's a, that's an alright But Chris, Chris has more people on his phone. Okay. So, now they don't use my phone to brush their teeth, <laughs> so I can sit in the hallway. <laughs> so, Beth, Beth says it's because she got a new phone. Beth really just deleted the well, app. T- no, I got the app. <laughs> with, a, with my old phone, I had gone, because I work at a fucking Kroger's, I had gone over to the toothbrush aisle and literally, because you have to scan. Oh, you scan the toothbrush. Yeah, you scan the toothbrush for the Oral-B toothbrushes that are like Disney. You scan the toothbrush and then it unlocks the character. So I literally just went over there and just scanned a whole bunch of fucking toothbrushes and unlocked a shit ton of characters and I don't feel bad about it. Just walking through the toothbrush aisle. (laughs) I don't think it's the weirdest thing. I have worked at since December, I have been managing a branch in a Kroger's. It is not the weirdest thing I have seen anybody do. No. There is a bottle return in our Kroger's for Michigan. The things I have seen, the fights that have happened over $2.50 is ridiculous. Gotta, get, never gotta seen, get that bottle money. I saw two grown, big men verbally berating a tiny 16-year-old girl who has literally no control over what the bottle room does <laughs> over there. And you can only uh, you can only get $25 mm-hmm. a day. Like, that's the most you can turn into. And you need a lot of bottles to get $25. They come in with cartloads. People pull up with oh, I know. trucks full of cans. It's crazy. But it's, you know, it's a $0.10 deposit. Mm. I understand that from every bottle of pop that I buy. You gotta have... I now have gone to the point where I will buy pop at the state line, like Erie and Centennial. I go in, I buy a six-pack of pop, I put it in my car, it gets me through the week, and I don't have to pay ten cents. I was paying an extra sixty cents on every like six-pack of pop I buy. Pisses me the fuck off. feel like you're holding back. And I'm not. (laughs) I have a really good foaming hand soap style diatribe about um, she, gets, she gets so upset do you want it I, I was gonna do I was, it okay I was gonna say you know who else goes on a diatribe is Richard Duke of Gloucester I was, gonna say, I was gonna go see I was going you know who else gets fired up about shit and won't stop Margaret Damn, I was gonna does. go with I was angry enough I was about to flip a table and switch sides oh so you were gonna go George. I was gonna go full Warwick Oh, Warwick. You're not even George Warwick. No, I'm going to switch the... Pull down the governor of Michigan and put a new one up till he gets rid of the fucking bottle tax. Dumb. She's going to kick it in Michigan. I appreciate that we all came to the same moment of... We should probably talk about Now this. it's time to segue. Segue into and the we, show. And we, 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 we all tried to segue at the same time. At the same time. fantastic. Yeah. So, so this is Shakespeare. Um, this is uh, part two of our discussion of Henry the Sixth, part three. Yes, lots of parts going on there. There's parts all over the place. But we're so close to being done with the Henrys. Parts of people. <laughs> parts of people. Heads rolling through throne rooms. That's right. But I think we should start with I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Cassie Greenley, and I'm Chase Greenley. And we did it in the right order. Well, read enough order for Cassie that time. She we didn't make her. Be, I have to be third, and Chase has to be fourth. You two can be in whatever order you want. We can't throw. We can't throw Cassie's life off by making her anything other than third. Can't we though? Oh, we did last time. It was great. It she got was. super upset. She was so mad. 
She was mad enough to fucking fight everybody, like Margaret, our first pin on the board. Margaret is our first pin on the board. Nothing starts a good conversation like talking about a really pissed off queen. No, move this just over the here, agency of women. They're attached. Yep, they so, belong together. There's two strong queens in this, and having seen so many weak queens, yeah, weak female and characters in, fact, in general. Margaret yeah. in part two. We talked about her agency, her lack of agency, the fact that she's being used. Yeah. And now we've... She makes up for it. We fast forward to Margaret of part three, and she fucking makes up for it. She's amazing. I love her in this play. I want to be her in this play. This is a role I would want to play. Um, I'm I'm absolutely serious about taking that monologue of hers oh, yeah. to the Duke mm-hmm. of York and memorizing it and putting it in my repertoire. Um, and the next time I run any kind of Shakespeare class with my students, that one's going in the mix. Especially if you've got a bunch of teenagers who want something bloody, they want something visceral, and it's a mm-hmm. female. What well, is a visceral female character. Yeah. There are so few visceral female characters in Shakespeare. Yeah. And this this and... is, a, timeline-wise, you know, goes right up to a lot of the reasoning is why this is such an early play of Shakespeare is because of bloody, visceral, everything that goes along with this. What, right. Why it's written, they always place it timeline-wise right around the same time as Titus. Yeah. But what I love about it is that, yes, she's, you know, bloody, visceral, all that, but she's also not coded as a villain in this play. No. She's not? No. She's just trying to keep what's hers. And I love that because, like, you get similar speeches like this from Lady Mackers, um... Even Joan of Arc. Even Joan of Arc. Uh, but, but they're villains. They're villainous. And Margaret isn't. Yeah. And jo- Joan of Arc is villainous in that, you know, she's a witch kind of way. Like a, a misinterpreted, you She's know. French. Yeah. We, we, she's French and a woman. So she's obviously a witch. Well. Because she beat us. She's Yes, because she beat us. There you go. So Margaret is downplayed. She, I mean, in the first scene, she storms in to the throne room. By the way, I don't believe they say anything about that head getting cleaned up. No, it's still there. <laughs> it's still just hanging out. That molehill is still there. So They're fucking making a mountain out of it. I think... I, <laughs> I made best stop, apparently. Apparently. They... That was so fucking dumb. <laughs> I don't even know how to get back from how dumb that was. So, but no, she storms in. She comes storming in right away. What the fuck are you doing? She has been married to a weak man for so long, and she's been playing the role that she was given in part two. Mm-hmm. She has been... The direct line to be a power behind the throne. Not that she is the power behind the throne, but she is the access point. The, the conduit of the power yeah. behind the throne. For others to have power over the throne. She's the girl behind the guy behind the and guy. The only thing that she gets out of this is that her children will be king. And now he takes that away. Which is pretty, well, that's pretty enticing for at that time. You know, I can totally see why she would be like, yeah. My kids yeah. get to rule. My kid will be king. That sounds great. And then not Henry, even for that time. I can't think. Of, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to make sure that my kids have the most advantageous future. And what's more advantageous than being king? Well, there's. I probably wouldn't cut somebody's head there's off. There's several times in history that it's not being advantageous. King is not to be an king. advantage. Uh, but, the French Revolution springs to mind. But and then Henry. Pretty good up till that point. Henry goes and gives it all away, and not even for like a good reason. Just so it's that not we're... even it's not even like if you don't give this for us, we will kill your son. You know, it's his own life. They... No, no, it's not even that. It's and just it's so like... Edward will get out of his goddamn chair. Yeah, they... yeah. <laughs> He's not even being threatened. I'm the king now. You're not the, you're not king. the king. Get, get out of my, my chair. chair. What if you can be the king later? How's that? I'll let you sit in the chair later, but it's my chair now. And they literally, like, and then spit on like, their hands and shake on it. Yeah, and then Margaret's like, what the fuck are you doing? You fucked over my son's future so that he would get out of your chair? <laughs> fuck this. And she rampages through and England. 
absolutely amazing. And it's it when when she, she rolls up on the York house and she's brought twenty thousand men with her and they just poo-poo her. And then she kicks their ass. Slaughters them. And I love that that too, and I love that Shakespeare put it in, that he didn't make it, oh, the, you know. I like that they made, he made them not afraid of her, and then until terrified. Yeah, and then absolutely well, and then, terrified. Then she gave them a reason to be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and want she's to wear my widow's... ruthless. Yeah, I'm not going to wear my widow's rags. I'm going to go and put my armor on. She's yeah. like, I'm going to go do the thing that you should be doing. It's like, you won't man up and go lead an army, then I will. No problem. I'm on it. And like, well, man, man up is probably um, not the right way to put it. No, but Suck up. no, that's yeah. worse. Not yeah, bad. no, but uh, it's you know, we, to quote, if, if we're talking, if we're talking about RuPaul, she stepped her pussy up and she got it done. Yeah, there. but we we shouldn't we shouldn't be we sh- using no we should yeah, yeah. we um, shouldn't be using that either because you know going going both ways we're gonna we use, if we're gonna use genitalia, that's the one we're using. Yeah. But no, she steps up and looks at you're the you're the fucking king. Be the fucking king, and he won't yeah, be the king. And he won't. And so she's like, "Well, then I'm going to be the queen. Crown up. <laughs> that, yeah, that, crown, that crown, works. Up. crown up and do your job." Yeah. I think I tried to make it nice by putting buck up at <laughs> one point in here. Buck up. But buck up, Henry. Yeah, it's do do your work. fucking job. That's all she wants. She wants him to do his fucking job, and yeah. he won't do it. So she's going to do it. Yeah, she has to go clean up his mess. She knows it. She travels to France to try to clean it up. When she, when she, is she drags that kid all over the place, fucking cleaning up after his dad. Do I get to be the king now? And every male around her is either bloodthirsty, a bloodthirsty stereotype. Because Clifford the Big Red Dog is just a stereotype. He yes, is so one-dimensional. Every man around her on that side, on the Lancaster side, is so one-dimensional. And she isn't. Until she gets Warwick. Until she gets Warwick. But that's... Warwick is neither Lancaster nor Plantagenet. He is the knife edge that the two rest on. Yep. Well, and and Warwick um, doesn't give her shit either. I can't remember... I can't remember a point where Warwick gives Margaret shit. I can't either. I can't either. I'm. T- I mean, it it may happen. I just, like off the top of my head, I cannot remember a moment where Warwick. I feel gives like there's Margaret definitely shit. times where Warwick just tells her that you know it's not going to happen the way you want it. But I don't feel like he ever. I don't think he ever tells her that she can't do it because she's yeah. a woman or yeah. whatever. She never like calls that. her she wolf of England, France, France. Sorry, she wolf of France. I mean, that's a pretty baller nickname. Mm. The she wolf of France. Yeah, I would just take that. Yeah, I mean, take that as a mantle. Yeah, like, yeah who's like, to be a queen when you can be the she wolf of France? Yes, yeah, so I mean, that's, 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 that's a pretty York, baller nickname. Duke of York throws it at her. Oh, you she wolf of France. She's like, you're saying that like it's a bad thing. Yeah. The most insulting part of that phrase is of France. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good, and that's where I was born. So, <laughs> so it's accurate. Cool, cool beans. Cool, 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 cool. Now Elizabeth is our other queen of agency. Yes, she, yes, Lady Lady Grey. So when she is Lady Grey, I feel like she has more control and more agency of what's going on in her life than when she becomes Queen Elizabeth. Yes, know? and when she is Lady Grey and she meets the king and she's like, I, I have three kids. I want their father's land for them. Give me their father's land. He's like, sure. If we knock boots. Let's sleep together. Quid pro quo. And she's like, quid pro no. (laughs) Not playing that game. Just put me in prison. She stands toe to toe. Yeah. Well, they they trade back back and forth. Yeah, that shit starts to get kind of smooth and flirty. Oh, it does. does. Oh, yeah, it does. It's a pretty good lover's scene. But And what I like about it is... That, like, forward thinking of me being the king's mistress is not going to do me 
any favors. That doesn't help me at all. Uh, being the king's mistress this, historically does not go well. This isn't France. England does not has historically not done the same thing that France did with mistresses. If you were a mistress in France, you were probably going to get quite a bit. A mistress. You were protected in a in a way. Yeah, you know, yeah. you it's were, not the same. You had England, an estate. England has always been more puritanical in this. Mm-hmm. We don't look highly, like, it's not looked highly upon to be the mistress. You want to be the can queen we, with the title. Point of interest. Can we call people puritanical before the Puritans were a thing? I can now, looking back, okay. refer to someone's moral standpoint from an illusionary uh-huh. aspect because it helps us understand. Judicial but yes, of course, context. yes, at the time they wouldn't have called them puritanical. But I don't live in the 1500s. That's fair. So, um, but so I like that she, you know, saying, no, if I'm just going to be your mistress, absolutely not. Well, like, she gets him where she gets him where she wants him. And then he's like, okay, I'll make you queen. She's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, because then, then she gets power from that. She's got power, she's got status, her kids will be protected. Yep. And that's what she went there for in the first place. And that's protection exactly for it. her children. And so she works him. Yes, yes, she does. In that scene. She plays him like a fiddle. Well, I don't think she starts to like, I don't think she goes in She doesn't go in with well, the that intention was not, of, That's not her intention, but she does. But she takes the situation in front of her And she makes it work. And she makes it work. And I think she has a good enough read on Edward that she knows she can be, like, backtalk to his face and have it go in her favor. Yeah, well, she figures out if she steps up to him and stands up. Then he's going to be like, oh, oh, no, I need that. He's going to be into it. Yeah. He's probably the kind of guy who's never been denied anything in his entire life. Yeah. And I love that George and Richard are there for the whole Thing? And they're over there making bets on that kind of shit. Like, <laughs> like they're over there talking about exactly what's happening, basically. Is yeah. that, you know, he's going to end up marrying her because she fucking said no. <laughs> Which is too bad for the country. Yeah. Does not work out for England. No. Doesn't work out for anybody for a while. For a while. I mean, her her daughter, their daughter would later go on to be a queen. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is, this is the, we're talking about the end of the world of the roses, which is why I brought right. Rosa. It is not a rose beer. It's a hibiscus beer, but it's named Rosa. So I thought it would fit a hey, little bit at least. I brought a rosé last week. It was terrible. This one's not bad. And it's, it's named Rosa. So it's Doug Judy approved. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sorry. Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. I wish I watched more of that. You should. It's great. Anyway. Um, but no, uh, you know, being the end of the War of the Roses, obviously, there's going to be yeah. some war that has to happen. Yeah, but I I love Margaret. I love her role she's in amazing. this play. I think the best scenes in this play, hands down, are the ones that she's in. The scene with the King of France is... Oh my God, so good. We somebody needs to to pull that scene if anybody in the area ever does a Shakespeare shorts again. If because yeah. if you well and you, and you 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 teach yes you theater I do and um you know you you deal with you know obviously younger men and women you know and children you know growing up to do you know in theater and everything and they may never do it again after they're done but they may but. This is a play that has two female characters that you could easily point those young women to yeah. and say, you're looking for a strong female character. Here's a strong female character. Yeah, here, here. they are. And you don't... There are some in Shakespeare, but there are not a ton. Well, when And I, this play has a couple of them. I don't feel like I was ever shown any of Margaret's No, stuff. and I think it's... That's because oh, nobody wanna, does yeah, Henry VI. You want a strong female character. Here's Joan. Here's... Portia. I, because Portia. I have... Oh, God, so many Portia. I have taught Viola. classes in the past Peace. where we did Shakespeare monologues and I made a point of going to look for, like, okay, what are the strong recommended female monologues? I've never read this monologue of Margaret's before. Never. And I'm I like, bet you why? Saw, I bet you saw Beatrice 
and yeah. Kate. Beatrice and Kate. Joan of Arcs was in Joan that Joan and Portia. Oh, uh, Catherine of Aragorn always comes up. With Aragorn. Aragorn. Aragorn, son of Arathon, not Aragorn. I'd like to be Smith of Aragorn. <laughs> but this, this monologue... <laughs> I want me some Numenorean stack. <laughs> But this monologue of Margaret's, like, never, ever comes up. And that is such a shame because it is amazing. It is. It is. It and, is it's, and it's surprising to me that Joan... And she has more than one good one. That Joan, yeah. Joan yeah. comes out of Henry VI two, but Margaret does not come out of Henry VI so, three. At yeah. first, At first, because I was thinking about that one. But that's because historically, though, Joan is... But, Yeah. Yes, that's true. So historically, Joan of Arc, she is almost a mythical figure at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the last, I don't know, decade, these characters, this War of the Roses, has been brought a little bit more to the forefront. Now, I'm going back like 20 years, because we've got a ton of books that have been written about these characters lately. Not characters, but the historical figures in the last two decades. Um, Stars has done their White Queen, White Princess series. Yeah, we actually, I think we have White Queen at home. If I don't, you, I don't, Hannah might have watched it. If you bit. haven't watched it, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Um, and it is only slightly inaccurate, like historically inaccurate. Um, well, I mean, there's always going to be artistic license taken when you yeah, do anything. Right, right. But as as there's more time spent on the women of English history, it's characters like Margaret and characters like Queen Elizabeth who are coming out because mm-hmm. they've got great stories to tell. Yeah. And so we're finally seeing those great stories hit the small screen and hopefully then the big screen because, man, I watched that Mary Queen of Scots movie that came out. and I for, I knew there was one coming out. I totally the acting was fantastic, don't get me wrong. The acting, the set design was great. The history was... Why? Like, it's not hard to make it... At least vaguely accurate? yeah. Like, we know what happened in these people's lives. I don't need you to... It's pretty dry, I guess, if you make it exactly like that. But can we at least... I don't know. Try to at least be in the same neighborhood? Slightly. I mean, Mary, Queen of Scots, was married to the fucking Dauphin of France for a long time. Can we spend a little bit more on that aspect of her life? She's not going to have a Scottish accent, you morons. Either way, Sorcerer was amazing. It but was, it was a very good movie. No, but, but we we see we see a lot more. We see we are seeing more and more strong female characters mm-hmm. um, in media, and so I think it's important that we pull out the ones that we find yeah. in older media. Right. Well, and, you know, and you and know, hey, these characters have been there all along. We just they get glossed over, and yeah, and when we look at. And not everybody, like, a lot of people don't know this play. Yeah. When we look at strong characters, strong female characters between multiple Restoration Theater artists. So, Kit Marlowe and um, Thomas Decker and and people who are writing at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, we note it often that Shakespeare is writing women at a more true and full level. Better. Right. More accurately mm -hmm. than... Wait, Kit Kit Marlowe's women. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder if he's met one. (laughs) And and that's why I'm I'm more willing to forgive Shakespeare for the plays like Henry V, where the women are so paper-thin and disposable. Well, you know what the problem is with Henry V is... Maybe if he hadn't written the female role entirely in French... Well, with Henry V, you could almost remove... You can. ...the women, mm-hmm. and it's still... Uh, we've been in that. Uh, yeah, it's true. I was. 
I played Henry V in that. But because... It's the same play. Yeah, because... Because plays like this exist, and female characters from Shakespeare like this exist, I'm able to be more forgiving of some of his plays where we don't get them. Where they have no agency. Where we've got plays like The Tempest and Miranda and... There's no uh, representation. Oh, well, uh... Damn it. Yeah, that one. Can't think of the name of the play now off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, I hate that one. With the... Creepy, creepy rape uncle. You're gonna have oh, to be more specific. Troilus and Cressida. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. There's only one really creepy rape uncle. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know if there was there was one we haven't gotten to yet. No, we've had yeah. magic uncle a couple of times, including Monsky in this play. And made appearance. up, and made up magic uncle. Yes, made up magic uncle. Um, yeah, but because, like, I still don't like. That Miranda and Tempest has literally zero agency, but because I can still because point you to know other that he wrote that yeah. he wrote strong women, I'm more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt when he doesn't. Because there are times when he is really good at it. Yeah, yeah, and so, there are plays where he does a really good job at yeah. it. And there are other plays where maybe he sucks at it, but at least of the time period. He tried. He did. And I want to get Queen Margaret and, like, Cleopatra in a room together just to, like... <gasps> wouldn't that be fun? That's another play right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to get... The bad bitches of Shakespeare. Can we talk about the stupid-ass men in our lives? So we'll do a Fools of Shakespeare, the bad bitches of Shakespeare, <laughs> and Margaret, the Friar. The Friar and of Shakespeare. The Friar, the friar of Shakespeare. Shakespeare. But yeah, it's, oh. it's Margaret, the Cleopatra, no, Kate, Beatrice... <laughs> Portia yeah. just sitting around in a room, fucking talking sit- about the idiots, the idiot men in their lives. Yes, I'll make your teeth bleed. I'm gonna make your teeth bleed. I'm gonna put on my armor. I'm gonna fuck you up. Oh, your boy Dicky. <laughs> oh, where's your little boy Dicky? Where's Dicky, your boy? Oh my gosh, she has some of the best taunts. She All does. Right. She does. And All right. seriously, ladies, if you're out there looking for a monologue. If you're listening to this, if you still listen to us after, oh god, what we're in the forties of episodes now. Yep, we're coming up on two years. Okay, we're yeah, um, ladies out there, if you're still managed to somehow be listening to us this this far in, and you're looking for a monologue for an audition, check out Margaret. Check out Margaret. Uh, it's act. Is it it's, Act 2? No, it's Act 1. Act 1? I think. Hang on. It's early in the play. Okay. So, while we're talking about monologues, I'm going to flip over to language for a, a brief minute, because we'll always come back to language. And I gotta say, I really... Shakespeare did some different sing-songy things than normal. Yes. Specifically, I'm looking at Act 2, Scene 5, King Henry, because King Henry has the majority of these, where... It makes him sound whinier. It does. Where he's got um, forward alliteration, I guess, is what I want to call it, where each line starts with the same word. Mm. Oh, yeah. Over and over again, to sit upon a hill, as I do now, to carve out daily quantities, like, two, 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 how, 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 so, so, so... Yeah. So many hours I tend the flock. So many hours I must take my rest. So many hours I must contemplate. So many hours I must sport myself. So many days. So many weeks. So many years. So many minutes. So over and over again, Henry specifically has these monologues that he will do this almost a listing of things using the same words to start. And it really simplifies who he is. But it, I think it's a. I think it's actually a wonderful thing that Shakespeare does with the language here. And it, well, I yeah, it it simplifies it, makes it go faster. Well, it adds it adds an incredible pace to it because you get into it, you can't help but but pick up and and move, and it does create um, with the right actor playing Henry here, you know could be very charismatic delivering a speech that way and draw an audience in. I definitely think that there's a way to direct and play Henry VI to be sympathetic. 
more than he's written on the page. Because yes. if you think about it, this is a, a king who ascended to the throne when he was nine months old. He's literally never known any other life than this, but he also grew up as a child not watching a, a not role watching model lead, yes. but having other people do the work for him. And he never really got the same sort of say in it. He didn't get to that, watch that other kings have. He didn't get to watch his dad be king to learn from. No, yeah, the way that Henry V got to watch his dad uh, yeah. and got you know whatnot got to watch him be king. Now Bolingbroke didn't get to watch his dad be king because Bolingbroke stole the throne, but. <laughs> But he still got to watch a king and make a decision yes. about what kind of king he would be based on his successor. And Henry VI didn't get that. Yep. And he was, yeah. he, it was thrust upon him. Some are nobody, born to greatness, yeah, no, He was not. Nobody ever Some asked him, mm. you know, what kind of king do you want to be? Nobody ever asked him what kind of life do you no, want. No, they just told him how to do they it. They just told him, to like, how to do it. And so... Sign here, sign I think here. you can make him into kind of a really powerfully tragic figure in a way, especially with the scene in 2 5 where he's sitting on the molehill and reflecting about where what his York life has become. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a play we haven't gotten to yet, but it reminds me of the house speech from Lear because we get again that kind of repetitive beat going mm -hmm. on. It's not the same with. Two, 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 how, how, hows, but we get a lot of the same repetitive beats going on in it, yeah. uh, which is probably taking this speech that worked well here and redoing it again later. But well, he found it. He found he, a, a, a this, rhythm that worked. This rhythm, this pattern, it happens frequently with Henry. Anything longer than like, anything longer than ten lines, he's going to throw one in there. But it, and but it, it, but it only, draws you in. But though. it only happens with Henry. Yeah. It doesn't happen with any of the other And characters. I think it kind of shows us that Henry VI just kind of wanted to be a quiet hermit poet on a hillside somewhere. Right. Whereas everybody I else didn't is, want this. Every, like, we look at Margaret's speech, look at Richard's speeches. They are violent. They are um, not... Like, the beats are there, but, the, like, the beats are not succinct. Yeah. And so they are very uproarious, whereas his speeches, those patterns, they're calming. They do go faster, but they are simple. But they, but they yeah, and like I said, they, 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 they draw an audience's attention. When you do that, when you have that, you know, so that much, repetition there. As much as we talk about how weak of a king he is, he's a weak king. But he is, but I think character, it's, it's largely because he didn't, doesn't want to be king. I'm, I'm so he sorry. keeps trying to hand it away to everybody. He does. You can have it when I'm dead. He doesn't really want to be king, but he doesn't know anything else. And he doesn't want to give it up because, yes, exactly, but right he there. he doesn't know anything else. And I just, I don't know, I think there's a great sort of tragedy about him. And maybe that's where the scene I don't like. No, you know what, never mind. I'm going to say maybe there is some point to it there where it helps develop just the moral compass that Henry has, um, his very bleeding heart. But any any scene so. that you would cut in Shakespeare, someone else would think is critical. It's true, and, and that's that's <laughs> honestly the way, and that's one of the things I love about Shakespeare is if we can read a play, we can look at it two different ways, and if I was to direct it, I would cut this, this, and this. And you would demand that those things stay in, and you cut this, this, and this. And I would go, no, those must stay in because those are what's critical. Hey, yo, and and that's that's the beauty of it is because, um, like you would you would cut that scene, but to me, it actually throws back to Henry V when he's there lamenting about the Civil War. It throws back to when Henry is in the camp and finishes his his disguise visit through the camp and. Then has his monologue about you know, guy, you know, like, what am I doing, and you know, how do I do so this? Like and in Henry V, we talk about it. We talk about 
or he, I guess Henry talks about frequently what war is and what war does, and we see that progression throughout. Whereas Henry the Sixth is very like, ta-da. It's in a woe is it's in a mo- more woe is me kind of way right, I feel that like Henry Six delivers it. It's a complete, uh, I don't know, jump from his the character we have seen before to this very contemplative character. But one was a warrior and one isn't. Right. Yeah. So one has never talked about war before and what it does to people, and then all of a sudden, he sees one head on a pike, and his world is shattered. Well, and he's, you know, yeah, I get that. He's very sensitive. He's been, you know, he's yeah. been sheltered and protected his whole life. But he had. He had. He like had. He's gone to battlefields in France. Like, he's been at war his entire but that, that, was that was the French. That was the French. They're not people. Oh, well. Not, not, to, not to the English. I mean, his yeah. Like, that was the yeah, French. But that's and these, these were his own people. And he watched this devolve. He watched this start in its inception as this ridiculously petty squabble about flowers, about flowers and buttonholes, and he tried to make peace and made it worse. Yep. And it's escalated to this, and I think he feels some measure of guilt over that. And that's a big part of what that all is. And like, like, yeah. like I said, that you would cut that scene, but to me, it harkens back to. When Henry V is in the camp and he's like trying to get the measure of his men and and, and everything else, and then he's trying to talk, he's talking to himself, you know, at the end. And that that speech is a very important one to me because I had to, like, I felt that it was so much character development for Henry in that in that speech. And so to me, I think it's incredibly important that we have those moments, especially in a a play that is so filled with blood and battle and everything else. That there has to be somebody out there going, what the fuck are we doing? And so in this play, that is Henry. Yeah. Which... It would have been interesting to see how Henry VI would have ruled if he'd been in charge of an England at peace. Yes. I don't know that that's ever been... A thing? A thing. It is now. True. No, never mind. Not really. Never mind. Theresa May just stepped down. Yeah. But, I don't know. All right. That was, that was one of my favorite. That was the language thing that I noticed. But no, I think, I think, I thought it was a a great that you brought it up and I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting, like I said, that we can both, we could probably all three say we're going to direct this play and look at different things that each other would cut and go, you can't cut that. You You need that. that. Yeah, Yeah, you gotta leave that in. Um, to harken back to what we were talking about before we started talking about language, uh, to any young women or women listening to this who want nice strong monologues, uh, Margaret's two big ones are in one one and one four. One, one four okay. is the taunting of York, and one one is the berating of Henry. I like the taunting of York the best. They're both. I, I um, kind of like the berating of Henry a little bit better. They're both real good. <laughs> so remember that if you're looking for a good. Strong monologue. Margaret, Henry the Sixth, Part Three, Act One, Scene One, and Act One, Scene Four. Mm-hmm. And seriously, uh, especially if you're looking for a classic monologue, there is a dearth of strong female monologues out there, and you don't want to be doing the same one that everybody else does. So do this, or go with Paulina from The Winter's Tale. Yeah, don't do Portia. Don't do Portia. Don't do Viola. Everybody does Portia. Everybody does Viola. Yeah. Do Margaret. Yeah. Don't do the quality of Mercy is Not Strained. Yes. Don't do I Left No Ring With Her What Means This Lady. They've seen it. A million times. done with it. There's a chance you're going to run across a Shakespeare director that's never seen this speech before. Yeah. That's true. I've never seen this play because nobody performs it, which actually, honestly, is a shame. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff you can toss out when it comes to the Henrys. And as much as I love Henry IV one, Henry IV two, Henry V, you know, there's 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 fat to be trimmed throughout the whole Henry ad. 
Yeah, we did that. In yeah. Our, in our episode. We, yeah. We fixed there's, it. There's, there's fat to be trimmed <laughs> everywhere. But do yourself a favor and sit down with this one. Yeah. I enjoyed reading this. This was not a slog for me. No. No. This is one of the better ones. And... As far as a history goes, it's right up there at the top. Yeah. It's pretty easy to follow, apart from all of the names being the same. Yeah, the name thing is a pain in the ass, but, but overall, so the action is easy to follow. The names are the same, and then they abruptly change. Yeah. Yes. Halfway through, you're reading, you're like, wait, hold on. Who's Gloucester? Gloucester? And Who oh, the fuck is Clarence? Richard. And what I appreciate about Norton... Um, is that when that switch happens, Nor- Norton continues to use, like, Richard. Yeah. So before it's Richard, and then it becomes Richard of Gloucester. And so he- Norton still connects the two halves. Whereas I read it together. from Gutenberg. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and they'll they just, they straight that. up just change, yep, to Clarence and Gloucester. That. Yeah. Um... But no, um, and we do have an, we have another we have another sticky. We do. Let's talk about Richard. <gasps> Ricky three part one. All right. So Richard was my favorite character. So Richard in this Richard, um, I who have... becomes Duke of Gloucester, not Richard Duke of York at the beginning. Yeah. No, Richard Duke of York at the beginning is his father. Is his father. So Richard the son um, has a whole play about him. Right. Who and in that play he is the villain, main character, titular character, and he is the villain of the It movie. is one of the uh it's one of the histories that's a tragedy. Right? Yes, and he is one of the most vilified monarchs of England Mostly in English of history. What Shakespeare wrote. Yes, Shakespeare had a large part had, to play had a hand in that, yeah. Uh well, because he, it is it's never been proven. There were two young princes and they died under mysterious circumstances. But it was never attributed to Richard until Shakespeare. <laughs> until Shakespeare did it. So Shakespeare said, King Richard III totally killed those two little boys. And now everybody believes that. Um, well, everybody believes Clifford killed him. Rutland, so I mean. Well, he was a giant uh, blood-covered dog. What are you with, his, with his paws. He was just batting Rutland around, just like... I don't know what to do with this young child, Rutland, here, and he's batting him around. And... Yeah. Um, but, so, so the Richard in this gets a whole play to himself where he's really, really turned into, like, Iago-level villainy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, the, the progression of Richard from scene one to the last lines yeah. is dramatic. It's fascinating. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not like, yeah, depose the king. But, but I think it's so interesting. As well, because it's fun to watch the villain birth from... Yeah, and I think knowing this play and having read this play before you see Richard III is going to give you a whole new perspective on him. Because I think there's a difference to meeting Richard in Richard III when the first thing you see is that monologue where he talks to the audience about how he's going to kill his brother and become king and he's a villain versus meeting Richard in this when his brother and his uncle are like, I killed this person and my sword's bloody. I killed this person and my sword's bloody. And he comes in and thunks a severed head on the table and goes, this head'll tell you who I killed. (laughs) 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 Oh, Richard, that was creepy. Mobert! (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And it's it's fun to watch the birth of the villain. It is. And, and it's an origin story. I yeah. enjoyed, origin stories. I, do I enjoyed Richard story. in this play. Like totally in a you creepy dude kind of and, way. And you're gonna you're gonna look at Richard the Third the play differently. Having read this. Having read this play. And you got to see familial love there. You got to see the brothers being brothers, standing up for each other. Being the York boys, but also having those sibling squabbles, rivalry. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, so I think that I should actually get to be the king because I'd be better at it than you. So we hear, we hear that, and then we hear the brothers cut Richard down over and over again about being a hunchback, about being deformed, or about no, 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 no. Go to the back. It's my turn to shine. Like so, we get to hear the progression. So it's not as stark. It's mm-hmm. not as all of a sudden. 
It's not. It's not all of a sudden now is the winter of her discontent. You yeah, know, it's it's. There's a reason behind the villainy. Yes. You get, to still, wa- you get to watch it. He's still a crafty son of a bitch, and he is from the beginning. And that, so, like, at no point is Richard, like, a good-hearted person. Oh, no, 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 never. He's always... <laughs> he's always scheming. He's always... Yeah. He's scheming we, and plotting, but you get to watch that... We get to see it. ...with some out. context. Yeah. It gives it gives the beginning of Richard III some context. Yeah. That you don't get otherwise. And I feel like if we had called this Richard III Part 1 and then Richard III Part 2, I feel like this play would have gotten noticed more and read more because I don't want to feel like I have to do Henry Henry 1 and 2 to get this because calling it part 3 it doesn't feel like it can stand on its own ultimately this play is about Richard it's the setup yeah it's the setup for Richard yes it's about a bunch of other things and it's about Margaret and it's about I actually think we should call this play Queen Margaret Queen Margaret's lament (laughs) my husband's an idiot that's her lament. <laughs> I got tricked into marrying him, and now he's an idiot. This guy I was fucking told me to marry this guy. <laughs> so I did. That guy was dumb. <laughs> that guy was so fucking wrong. This guy, worse. <laughs> but no, and, and uh, but ultimately the play is, is purely the build-up to Richard III. And, you know, Richard III... While in history is one of the only, it's a tragedy. It's the tragedy of Richard III. Right, because Richard III, when on his progression to be king and being king, um, had a more interesting story than some others. It would be like if we were writing the tale of, you know, some of our presidents. Teddy Roosevelt has a much more interesting life story to commit to. You yes. know, song and and legend than like William Henry Harrison. What? Are you kidding me? Well, William Henry Harrison did die after a month in office because he gave a two hour speech in the rain with his coat on. Idiot. How about Garfield? Okay. Well, he got oh, shot though. Yeah, he but got you know what? I love lasagna. That was better in assassins than it was like. It's a bigger story yeah. for the assassins. He, lo- he loved like, he loved lasagna and he hated his dog Odie. What is, what is wrong with James Garfield? Taft? How about Taft? Yeah, he got stuck in a bathtub. <laughs> he did get stuck in a bathtub. too big. What do you got to say about Buchanan? What about Fillmore? I, I don't have anything about Millard Fillmore. I got nothing. Okay, about, so got... Millard Fillmore. If we if we're gonna write if we're gonna write about so the... Henry the Sixth is Millard Fillmore. Yes, kind of. But but I feel Probably like a little more at Hoover. There, I, I feel like this is this is very true, though. Of you know, if you're looking at historical figures, some of them have led lives and have deeds to their names that are much more interesting to stage than. Well, yeah, I mean the story of Teddy Roosevelt, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, than others like Teddy Roosevelt. Somebody tried to shoot him. He got shot. He got shot, and he continued giving his speech because he wasn't that hurt. Well, and he he even he even said during that speech, "I'll have you know, I've just been shot." I've just been shot. And then he continued speaking for an hour. Yes, like <laughs> look, you can make anybody's life look interesting. Alexander Hamilton is not that thrilling of a story. But if you make it into a hip opera, <laughs> I read the Alexander Hamilton book by Chernoff. Chernoff. Okay. I read part of it <laughs> because it's still pretty fucking boring. Yeah. And the, but the first, like that first major got milk commercial. Mm. That that's my favorite one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton? Um, I'm it, sorry, caller, we can't hear you. Um, because he's, he's trying like, to get the milk because he has a peanut butter he's got sandwich, a bullet, and a little yeah, he's an bell Alex, jar, yeah. and he's a sure. huge fan. You never, no, no. you're too young. Both that, but that was like the first major got milk yeah. commercial. He had only yeah. had was Roach from uh, Children of the Stairs. People under the stairs. The people under the stairs. Uh, anyway, we've gone but, far afield at this the, point. The, the point that I was making um, is that 
I think Richard III gets more attention because... He's interesting. There's an interesting story there, whereas the stories for some of these other people are not as interesting. Henry VI is not all that interesting. Richard II, not... To, I We read that. We did two episodes on it. Fuck all if I could tell you anything that happened in that play now. Uh, it's all lead up to Henry IV. Richard II is about Bolingbroke. Yes. Yeah. Bolingbroke has three plays about him, and actually only two of them are about him, because two of them are about Hal. Yeah. But I'm sitting yeah, like, on Richard II, I know it was the lead up, but is it the one where the kid jumps off the wall and dies? No, that was John, King John. That's in King John. Um, Which is completely out there. <laughs> No, uh, Richard II is because it's, it's all about Bolingbroke, and then Henry IV Part One is all about Bolingbroke, but Henry IV Part Two is about Hal. Henry V is about Henry V, or Hal, yeah. again. Henry VI Part One Is about Henry VI. Is, is actually about him. Henry VI Part Two is about... York. Joan of Arc and the Plantagenets. And then Henry VI Part Three is about Richard the Se- or Richard the Third and Queen Margaret and because Queen Margaret because I'd, I'd actually say, we should say it's about Queen Margaret. I'd say for and the first the yeah for I the first about, half. I don't yeah, think it really and, becomes about Richard the Third until like the last couple of acts. Like you get it, you get you get the teaser in the beginning. You get that. Yeah. You get the Somerset head on the table teaser in the beginning of like, okay, I got to pay attention to this Richard the Third, this this Richard guy because. Some shit's gonna get real. Yeah. He's putting heads on tables and shit. I gotta find out what this cat's gonna do. But it's about Margaret and Warwick and Lady Grey. And then it becomes about Richard. Yeah. I think this is a more ensemble cast than any of the other tragedies that we've read. Because there are mm-hmm. so many people who are absolutely necessary. Well, this so I history. Think, this yeah. one doesn't count as a tragedy. Fine. I'm so glad you made that correction. It's, it's a very important I, distinction. I am really, like I said, glad you made the correction. So I, with all of those other Henrys we've listed, it, it's about this guy, it's about that guy, it's about this guy. This one is more a, an ensemble. It's, there yes. are more characters who are equally important throughout the entire thing. It's, kind of, Richard, it's about the Richard, events Richard, think, leading up yeah. to... Yes. Yeah. I think that yeah. it should be Richard the Third Part One. Because it is still a lead up to Richard the the Third, yeah. But that's that's I think it's a really good ensemble piece. No, and I, I agree hundred percent. And I also agree that it is Richard the Third Part One. I've always thought, you know Except that you can't call it Richard the Third if he's not king yet. Nope. Grant. That's what why can I, I call it? should have Edward the Can I call it the Richard Duke of York? Yes. It could have been called Richard Duke of York. It could have been called Gloucester. Just Gloucester. Gloucester. Which one? Who knows? Who knows which Gloucester? When we do our hip opera, we'll just call it Gloucester. No, we'll, just, we'll call it Margaret. Damn right. Ooh. Mags. Mags. <laughs> Queen Mags. But no, yeah, Margaret. We'll call it Peggy. <laughs> yeah. Peggy's Revenge! <laughs> the reve- revenge of Peggy. Wait, what's that Kathleen Turner movie? About Peggy's day out, or Peggy gets a gun, or something like Peggy that. Peggy Sue got married. Peggy Sue got married. That, I don't know. I, that, that's, that's the, the name one. of a movie. It is the name of a movie. It's yeah. the one I was thinking of. She's got a gun in it. <laughs> she totally takes some revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but no, I, I, no. When we get to writing, it'll, it'll be Queen Margaret. I don't think any of us should write a hip opera, though. No, no that especially not Chase. Uh, it's a poor choice. He's super white. Very unabashedly. We're all real white. Oh, I have no rhythm. None. <laughs> None. What else do we need? Oh no! You pulled a pin off the the perma pin off. It got stuck to the other pin. I can put it. Wait, we have two perma pins, and she pulled one off the board. It was accidental. So, what else do we really need to touch on? I think we've hit up on everything. I don't know. I think we've we've hit a lot of the the a lot of really important stuff with this, and uh, you know, this is a play worth reading. Some of the plays that we've read, I'm gonna you know say oh, you can, you chuck can them. skip it 
you don't need to read it. This one's worth reading. It's yeah. worth sitting down and reading. And it is... And honestly, I, it, There's I, so many plays that it's, you should watch this on stage, it's not really a reader. This is a good reader. Yeah. Yeah, this, this one's actually a good reader. A good reader. So. Um, reading it again made me realize that I'm like, I actually really want to see this staged. Oregon Shakespeare Festival is doing something. Oh, well, good. I'm glad they're doing something. I'm glad they're doing something. Cassie, do you think you could uh, narrow that one down? Could you tell yes. us what that something is? I Just can. To, to, are they doing a I play? I don't want... Not exactly. Not. Oh, they're not doing a play. Well, they Listen. They're doing several plays. I just have to like get. I had to get my phone and I had to pull up the website so that I can give accurate information. Do 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 do. Yeah, we don't want to do 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 Oh, I did find, I found a finger puppet adaptation. There's a YouTube finger puppet okay. of the Henry's that we've missed all along. Oh, no! <laughs> now that we're done with okay. Henry's for a while. Speaking of adaptations, this is where I was going with this. Oregon Shakespeare Festival in their 2020 season. So not this year's season, but next year's. They are doing um, a production called Bring Down the House, which is the Henry VI trilogy performed in two parts. Ooh. Hmm. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's really all the more information that no, they've, they've got a little bit more. Hang on. But yeah, I definitely um, yeah. want to look into it's that. It's an epic two-part adaptation of Shakespeare's Henry VI trilogy featuring diverse all-female and non-binary casts. Ooh. Oh, lovely. Okay. Um, and that's all the information. So that's all the information they have, so that's quite a teaser. It is. Um... Well, that sounds really interesting. Yes. I hope that starts getting... Like, a, a PBS kept posting um, stuff on Facebook, but they're all-female Julius Caesar. Uh-huh. And so I was actually able to watch, like, a good bit of it. I think it's all up on PBS now. Yeah. And I... I would be really, really interested in yeah. hoping that they put teasers, enough teasers that I can get a good taste for what that looks like. I kind of want to make plans to go back to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in 2020 because in addition to that, they're also doing Midsummer. Mm. Um, they're doing Peter and the Starcatcher. Which is amazing. It's not Shakespeare, but... Well, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an not. amazing um, play. Um, they're doing The Tempest. Ooh. And they're doing a play called Bernhard Hamlet, which is about um, a female performer who, I think in the 19th century, fought for the right to be able to play yeah. Hamlet. Sarah Bernhardt. Sarah Bernhardt. Yeah, Sarah Bernhardt. Um, performed as Hamlet in 1899, so it's all about her. Sarah Bernhardt is probably the biggest stage actress of the 19th... the turn of the century. 18, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's about her determination to... Oh, that's awesome. To... She, to Play. She did quite a few pants roles. Yeah, and there, there's other things that they're doing, but those are like the the ones that I sit and read and go, I want to see that. So apparently, you can find these in finger puppets, and it sounds like there's going to be some really interesting right. things in Oregon in the 2020 21. If you just 2020 2021 season, right? If you just want to yeah. watch the story without the language, check out Stars, their White Queen, White Princess series is the War of the Roses, and you can at least get a feel for what the story is. Mm -hmm. um, but there are there are several silly adaptations out on YouTube. Thank you, YouTube, for and then, the content. Uh, mm -hmm. Norton lists one film from 1983. Yeah, Skip it. <laughs> Unless Timothy Dalton's in it. Um, Peter Benson. As a bookish and ineffectual Henry the Sixth. Okay. Mm. Skip it. Sounds about right. I think that about wraps it up for the Henrys till we get to Henry the Eighth, in which heads roll. Heads rolled in this one. At least well, one. down the hallway, well, yeah. bowling ball style. <laughs> Somerset's head when Richard threw it on the table. This guy shot from me. <laughs> yeah, not not a whole lot of Henry left. We will eventually do another Henry. I did use what I was getting made fun of at work for reading this. 
I did use, they're like, so what's even happened? I'm like, well, this guy's head got cut off and thrown into the middle of a courtroom. This guy's head's on a pike in front of his house. These guys are all dead and that guy stabbed a kid. He's like, what? <laughs> what are you reading? I'm like, Shakespeare. <laughs> That's one of my favorite answers to give people when they're like, they're like, oh, Shakespeare, I can't, I can't do that shit. It's too boring. And then I got, oh, would that come with your liberal arts degree? I'm like, yeah, you know what? It did. <laughs> I just started talking about Titus. When somebody tries to tell me that Shakespeare's boring, I'll talk to them about Titus and Gracchus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, now Good you move. got another one. Yeah. And yeah, I will I talk about Henry yeah. six so, part yeah. three. Start Definitely three. worth a read. Much better than it like surpassed my expectations immensely. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this has been fantastic, and it has been Shakespeare. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. And I'm Chase Greenley. Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. What uh right, can we go to bed now? Yep. yep. Everybody go to bed. Hey, go to bed. Pull over. Pull over. Stop driving. Pull over. Go to bed. Go to bed. Whoever you are. Wherever you take, are. Take Pull over. Get yourself safe. Ten take, in the morning? Fine. Go back yeah, to bed. Take a nap. Guys, yeah, guys. Take five minutes. Chase, stop the recording.